This is Bentley Manning. And this is Kellen Day. This is an experiment to see what happens when church gets canceled. And we find new ways to connect. This is... This is... This is... Empty Pews. Hey everybody, it's Bentley Manning coming to you from the Church of the Incarnation. Great to be with you on another episode of Empty Pews. Hey friends, it's Kellen. Kellen, uh, anything in particular you'd like to talk about today? Um, I hear we have a package coming in today. We do. And we, I mean, this is not usually news because we have packages arriving all of the time right now for the building project across the street. Um, but this is kind of an outlier of a it's package. A total outlier. You think it's okay for me to tell everyone? I don't know. All right, here's the deal. So we're, we are making sure that we've got furniture for the building when we move back in. And I'm of the mind that we need to be thinking about the kids, right? You got to think about the kids, right, Kellen? I, yeah, you definitely have to think about the kids. So I'm thinking about the kids' room, the kids' space, um, and I discovered that they make these retro arcade machines that can play like 6,000 different retro arcade games. Now, I know what you're thinking. Should you have an arcade game at a church? Shouldn't these kids be studying scripture? I'm not thinking that because I grew up evangelical. Okay. So I like ping pong tables and pool tables and bean bags and a coffee bar. I had, you know, like lots of things. Coffee bar's pushing it. So I'm in good company then with you, Kellen? The coffee bar was a terrible idea because they also sold sold Monster, which is that like... they didn't. That terrible like power drink right whatever they those sold things. the kids that at the church yes somebody's selling drinks to the kids in the church and monster well, in and the, the early aughts they were <laughs> oof yeah so so we're not gonna do that here no but maybe we can have an arcade machine well it's on its way so i think the decision has been made but how much fun will this be for the kiddos and maybe some other people that walk in there from time to time Donkey Kong, Pac-Man, okay. Mario Brothers. But what you all should know is that when Bentley <laughs> made the decision to order this and ship this, he has it shipped to our current office space, which is up the stairs and across the street from where the arcade game actually needs to go. It's really dusty across <laughs> the street. I think it's safest to have it in here. But listen, I do think this speaks to something that's worth just saying. I'm, I'm being sincere right now. A church, of course, is about, first and foremost, I think, a place for us to gather together, to see the face of Christ, to worship the risen Lord, to have the gospel proclaimed, all of that, to be sure, Mm -hmm. to be challenged, right, to be changed. But certainly it's also a space where a community comes together to share life. And why not get an arcade game for the kids and let them just have fun at church a little bit? I am all for the arcade game for the kids. You're worried. <laughs> I'm just like a little concerned about the arcade game for Bentley. Listen, if anyone's listening and this, you know, you're kind of like thinking, okay, this is kind of cool. If you want to stop by the office, play some Pac-Man, know that uh, in theory, it'll be here by the end of the day today and it'll be around for a little bit.
Uh, Kellen, so the other night I was at a baseball game down in Greenville, South Carolina with one of my best buddies, and he's a priest in the church, and we're talking about, you know, church stuff. This is what priests uh, do. How boring. At baseball games, we talk about work. Uh, So anyway, we're talking, and he is recalling a story where he's meeting with a parishioner, and he, I don't know exactly what the parishioner said, but Gary's response to him was, well, I just want you to know, I don't want the church, I don't want our church to be the hospice house for Christians. Now, Gary's like really good with words. He's really provocative at times, as you can tell. Um, But Kellen, you know, I think in the back of all of our minds, we know the metaphor that uh, the bishop in Rome has used to talk about the church being a field hospital. Mm-hmm. And so there was something about Gary's metaphor that was particularly provocative. Um, and I just, I wanted to share this with you and kind of see what you, what you thought about that, um, that kind of metaphor and, and wanting to get away from the church as a hospice house uh, for Christians. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in what Gary said, um, but I want to be clear, I understand what he's saying. Um, because on one hand, I do think that the church is a place where people learn to die, right? Um, but, I, but I think Gary agrees with that, right? That we die in our baptisms, um, that we learn to die to self daily, that we are um, comforted and secure in our death um, by Christ's eternal life, right? Yep. Gary would agree with all of that. Yeah. So uh, on that one hand, like the hospice house metaphor kind of works for the church. So I'm wondering more specifically what Gary meant. Yeah, I think... Kellen, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think that metaphor can be a helpful one, depending on how it's used. What Gary meant in particular, because we kind of went on to talk about it a little bit, is um, any parish uh, thinking of itself as a place where people um, where people lose their faith uh, become. Uh, less than fully alive in the Lord, right? And so uh, it seems to suggest that there are places that really aren't interested in restoring health and bringing people back to life in Christ, but in fact that there might be an impulse in some quarters to kind of let things atrophy. Hmm. And he's not interested in serving a church that thinks of it that way. I mean, I've heard priests say, it's my job to kind of walk alongside this parish as it dies. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. Yeah. And that, you know, they understand that as the faithful option. Um, I think sometimes it probably is. Might be. Um Gary doesn't want to go to that church. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's what he means, Kellen. I think he means he wants, maybe put in another, reg- I mean, just to put the on the other end of, uh, you know, flip the coin around. He wants to be in a church where people's faith life um, 
is activated is um, that the church is a place where where people grow. The church itself might even grow. Um, people are strengthened um, and strengthened in ways, right, that might be surprising, like learning how to die to self. But nevertheless, uh, that the church is not a place uh, where your spiritual life goes to die. Yeah, I think about sort of to live in this metaphor a little bit more, right? To maybe like just nurse wounds um, for the time. Like, is that the end goal for people in the church? Or do we believe that healing and restoration um, and flourishing are possible? even after one has been wounded and damaged and scarred. Um, I believe we do offer those things through Christ. It just feels good to be alive. So, Bentley, you are preaching this week, Um, so I'll summarize the gospel text, which comes from Mark 4, and we have these uh, two lovely parables and images of the kingdom of God. The first one is that the kingdom of God is like someone scattering a seed on the ground, and it sprouts and grows, though we do not know how. And, um, and when it is ripe, someone goes with a sickle and harvests the grain. So that's the first one. The second is the very famous parable that the kingdom is like a mustard seed. And it's super small when it's sown in the ground, but it becomes one of the largest and greatest shrubs of all. Um, and Then we have this kind of last concluding sentence where the narrator describes how Jesus spoke to everyone, and and it says, he only spoke to them in parables. What are you thinking, Bentley? Um, So, listen, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about parables in general, but uh, the end of the gospel says that Jesus spoke to people and using parables. And I just want to say on the front end, one of the things that I think is fun about parables, something that is inviting, um, something something that they allow for is, I think, a kind of playfulness, multiple interpretations. I mean, the point is that it doesn't come to you straight, like a bunch of facts, right? It's meant to stir the heart a bit. And I think there are lots of ways to, to look at these parables and, and, and some maybe different ways to interpret them. Um, but of course, I, what I'm kind of thinking about, Callan, at the moment is, you know, what are the conditions necessary for the kingdom of God to grow, uh, to flourish, uh, to grow up? And I think one of the things that we learn in these parables is that on the one hand, it's really not up to us that God uh, is the one responsible for the growth. And I think that's good news, right? That in the end, uh, God's kingdom will grow up and it it will be ultimately uh, because God has um, willed that to happen. Um, But I think on the other hand, there's also another part of this that 
that is inviting us to consider uh, what's what conditions need to be present for seeds to grow, uh, metaphorically speaking. That's kind of what I'm thinking about. How about you, Callan? I'm I'm interested in um, something that you said, right? Where it's obvious that the growth of the seed is mysterious and somehow right in the hands of the creator, right? Outside of the person's control who sows the seed. Um, There does seem to be this creative um, sort of intersection of God's work and our work in this parable. Like both are not maybe required, but we are invited to scatter the seeds, to sow the seeds, um, and to see them grow, and then to harvest, right? So um, Julia Gada, a professor at Sewanee, would say this is sort of the double helix of um, our relationship with God, right? Both um, God's initiative, God's agency is obviously primary, um, but God never wants to do the work alone um, and is always sort of inviting us to participate. And and I think there's a lot of uh, fulfillment and purpose and joy in our participation in this work of sowing the seeds of the kingdom of God. Kellen, all of that resonates with me. And I think um, what comes to mind a bit is this idea of the kingdom of God coming near, the kingdom of God uh, taking root and flourishing. We need to, I think, take one step back when we think about this to your point uh, and recognize that we as Christians believe that that work has already begun and in many ways has been accomplished already in and through the person of Jesus Christ uh, through his birth life death resurrection and ascension the kingdom of God has come near to earth and I think our job is to uh, to respond to that, to uh, carry out the work that's already begun, to bear witness to it, maybe more than anything. Um, and of course, that means that we need to let go of our own agendas and instead uh, think deeply about what God has already accomplished. Uh, so that we can bear witness to it in the world. Um, And that posture will require uh, some humility on our part, um, a recognition that we are not the ones with all the answers. Uh, Rather, uh, it is God uh, who is offered uh, an answer uh, to the the world. Um, And I think our work is simply to uh, witness to that. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on heaven and earth. May my life be poured out and my death give birth. Kingdom 
Here's a blessing from Jan Richardson called A Blessing That Holds a Nest in Its Branches. The emptiness that you have been holding for such a long season now, that ache in your chest that goes with you night and day, in your sleeping, your rising. Think of this not as a mere hollow, the void left from the life that has leached out of you. Think of it like this, as the space being prepared for the seed. Think of it as your earth that dreams of the branches the seed contains. Think of it as your heart making ready to welcome the nest its branches will hold. Thanks, y'all, for tuning in to this episode of Empty Pews. It was wonderful to have you with us. Um, as things go with construction, um, you know, we told you that the bells would probably be lifted up this week, but I think that's happening next week now. Um, I fear giving you an exact date because I'm not sure if it'll stay the same, but um, it's close. It's happening. Um, any updates from you, Bentley? Kellen, I don't think I have any uh, updates, except that I sure hope uh, we get to see you in worship uh, sooner than later. We have plenty of spots available and look forward to worshiping alongside you and bearing witness uh, to the kingdom uh, together. Uh, so please join us for that. Uh, know that we love you. We miss you. God's peace. <laughs>